Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM Life Changing Radio, WJMM. I'm so grateful to be on the air with you this morning. So grateful for this radio station. So grateful for your support. Thank you for listening. Uh, for more information about the ministry of Encounter, please email me at bill at thehopeencounter.org or just go to our website at thehopeencounter.org. Dot org, and you can find more ways how you can support our ministry uh, through giving, through prayer, or just being a part of the Encounter Ministry. We meet every Friday night at Church of the Savior, 1301 Brandon Road, at 630 service every Friday night. I hope to see you there. I hope to hear from you. Please let me know how I can pray for you. If you were tuning in on this station last week on the Encounter Radio Show, and even the week before, we've been talking about prayer the power of prayer, and uh, all different aspects of prayer. What do you do when God doesn't answer you right away? How do you persist in prayer? What are some of the prayers that you can pray? I've mentioned several times on this radio station that when I first got saved and I started studying the scriptures, obviously there are many different ways to study the scriptures, but I was so attracted to the place of prayer. I wanted to know everything there was about prayer. I read the book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, by Jim Simbola, the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, and my soul got lit on fire. I wanted to be around people that prayed. I wanted to be around people with faith. I wanted to be around people that called on the name of God. And I started going to prayer meetings at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Now, I lived in Lexington at the time, so I would drive 12 hours just to make it to a prayer meeting on Tuesday nights, come back the next day, I would stay with a family member and then drive back. And I would go to so many of those and they transformed my life. It wasn't the church. It wasn't Pastor Simbola that transformed my life. It was just being exposed to the people of God that called on the name of God. And you could, you could see the desperation. You could hear the desperation. You could sense the urgency in their prayers. I think sometimes as Christians, we take a casual approach, not only to Christianity, not only to church on Sunday, but to prayer and studying God's word. And I think of, of the tenacity of how Jesus loves us, and he wants that tenacity back. He says, I wish you were either cold or hot, but because you are lukewarm, it says in Revelation to the church of Laodicea, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And that's a word for believers, not unbelievers. And I don't want to be caught as a lukewarm follower. I don't want to be caught as the person with one foot in and one foot out. I want to be known as the person who pursued God, who passionately went after God. Notice, not perfectly, uh, but I want to be intentional about how I'm running after God. See, the only thing that made sense to me was to run hard, that hard to God as I ran from God. And the way that I do that is I spend time with God in his word and in prayer. I can't read God's word without praying. I can't pray without knowing God's word because the two go hand in hand. But I have to develop a prayer life. And the reason why I do that is because of the purpose of prayer. And the purpose of prayer is so that I would grow my relationship with my father. I was born for a relationship. I was born into this world separated from that relationship with my father in heaven. And that's man's biggest problem. We don't realize it. It may take us years to realize that. But our biggest problem is that we're born separated from a relationship with our father in heaven. That's what sin did to the world. That's what happened as a result of Adam and Eve. That's why we live in a broken world and nothing works right. 
except the word of God, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and the power of prayer. So I got to learn how to pray better. I got to learn how to pray more effectively. I have to pray without ceasing. I, I have to pray knowing that I'm going to get results and that I am reaching the throne room of God. I want to make sure my prayers are getting there. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a salvation principle, as we've talked about on this radio station. And that is a prayer principle that we've talked about. So today, with the time remaining, we'll probably uh, talk about this tomorrow as well, too. A type of praying I want to talk to you about is desperate praying. A type of praying I want to talk to you today about is praying when you run out of options, praying when everything is about to collapse on you. Uh, how to pray when you've pushed every button, pulled every lever, tried everything in your own strength, but you know that you're at a point in your life where it's all going to come crashing down. It's that day of trouble that the Bible talks about. It's the day of evil that the Bible talks about. It's that storm that you're getting ready to enter in. Some of you are in a storm. Some of you are coming out of a storm. Some of you are going to go into a storm. We can't avoid the storms of life. Storms are a reality and they're going to happen. If you've never been in a storm, I'm not talking about a rainstorm, a hailstorm. I'm talking about the storms of life. When trouble hits, when it all falls apart, when you get the diagnosis, when you get the pink slip, when the, when the family falls apart, when you get left, when you get abused, when all of a sudden everything that you've longed for, loved for, hoped for is completely destroyed in front of your eyes. You have nothing left. You have no hope left. You don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know if you're going to live through tomorrow. And the only thing left is for you to call upon God. I've had good news for you if that's your situation or you've been in that situation and chances are you're going to get into that situation sometime again in this thing called life. I want to teach you a prayer out of scripture and a situation that I want to teach you. It's an Old Testament story of a king named King Jehoshaphat who faced a similar situation. Matter of fact, he faced total annihilation from the enemies of God. Now, when you talk about kings in the Old Testament, there's only two ways to look at kings. Either they were a good king or a bad king. If you were, if you were a bad king, you disregarded the word of God, you worshiped idols, and, and you got away from God's law, and you paid the price for it. Or if you were a good king, you would tear down the idols, you would worship God, you would follow his laws, obey his commands, and do what God wanted you to do. And if that was the case, you were a blessed king, and God gave you favor with everything that you put your hands to. King Jehoshaphat, while he was not a perfect king, and he made big mistakes, he was considered a really good king, despite his mistakes. I love that about God, is that even though we've blown it, just like King David, King David made some major blunders. He's still considered a man after God's own heart. And the last thing ever said about David was that he served God's purpose in his generation and then he died. And I love that because his legacy was still intact. You could blow, you could blow it a, a ton of times and still have a legacy with God intact. That's what grace is. That's what I love about God. Well, King 
Jehoshaphat is faced with a situation just because he's the king of Judah is about to get destroyed because at some point, I don't know how this happened, but all the enemies of God decided to form a coalition and come against King Jehoshaphat and Judah. Basically, if it was today, it would be like Russia, China, Europe, Mexico, South America, Canada, every single country other than the United States forming a coalition and and basically saying, United States, we don't want you around anymore. Matter of fact, we're going to send nuclear missiles towards your way and we're going to take you out from every side of the continent. And then you would get a message that that just happened. Then the other message that you would get is, by the way, our defense mechanisms are down uh, and the missiles are going to hit in about 10 minutes. What would you do if that was you? What would you do if you were the president? What would you do if you were king? Because, again, King Jehoshaphat faced a similar situation. Well, let's pick up the text. I'm going to read this. I'm going to do a little expository teaching on the Encounter radio show. And if we pick it up at 2 Chronicles 20 in the Old Testament, and I've got an old New Living Translation, it says this, After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Mayunites, these are all the armies of God that uh, are coming together, uh, declared war on King Jehoshaphat. Now, some say Jehoshaphat. I say Jehoshaphat, uh, but who knows what the correct pronunciation is. We'll just say Jehoshaphat for now. Uh, again, these are all the ites that are coming in, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Mayonites. And you know what? You've got a lot of ites in your life. I mean, you've got some lustites. I mean, you've got some painites. You've got some addictionites. Uh, you got insecurityites. You got fearites. You got anxietyites. It's ter- there's a thousand ites that can come against you, uh, and they still come against you. And a lot of times we don't know what to do when they form a coalition. Uh, and 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 when they start forming a coalition, it's designed to take you out. For instance, an anxiety and fearite uh, will def if if you let it linger long enough, you'll start missing and doubting who you are in Christ. Then all of a sudden, guilt starts creeping in. Then shame starts creeping in. And you'll forget scriptures that declare that that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. No one who's a Christ follower is found guilty anymore. And no one, sh- and no one should label themselves as shameful anymore because Christ died on the cross for that and his blood has forgiven us. So there's no reason for a Christian to walk around with shame and guilt, fear, worry and anxiety and all those things. We've talked about that on the Encounter Radio Show because we have the mind of Christ. We can take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and we have to remind ourselves of who we are, whose we are and get dressed for battle each and every day. And so you got to be careful of the ites that come against you. Now, you may not have any Mayunites and, and Moabites and Ammonites coming against you, but there's a lot of ites that are still alive that can take you out in this world. And you got to know how to defend yourself. And what King Jehoshaphat did uh, is one way to defend yourself. So let's see what he does. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. Now, Jeho- I, I love this. Jehoshaphat was alarmed by this news and sought the Lord for guidance. Right there. 
So he's, he should be alarmed by this news. He should be concerned by this news. This is instant death and annihilation that's coming his way. He knows it, that his army that he has and his, the strength of his army, the strength of his country is no match because, again, all the enemies of God are forming together one coalition to take him out. It's 100 to 1. It's 100 men to one. It's giants coming after him. He's overpowered. There's no way he can win this thing. So what is, what is the Bible? He, was, he should be alarmed. But I love that he goes to the throne before he goes to the phone. See, there's no phone back there. But the thing is, we, we typically go to the phone before we go to the throne here. And that's the mistake that we make. Prayer should be the first response. He's seeking the Lord for guidance as the first thing that he should do in times of trouble. So let me ask you, even before we get into the story, I hope this has uh, sort of enticed you to stay with us this week because this story may take us a couple of days to get through. Where do you go when trouble hits the doorpost of your life? When the doorbell rings and says, hi, I'm trouble and I'm long overdue to come visit you, what do you do? Where do you go? Do you run to someone? Do you run to church? Or do you run to the throne room of God? Is seeking the Lord in prayer your first response or a last resort? Friends, God wants to hear from you, even in those desperate times. He is able. He's an ever-present help in the day of trouble. Did you catch that? He's an ever-present help, and God wants to help you. I hope you'll call upon the name of the Lord. I hope you seek his face and his hand, and the Lord will deliver you. I know because he's faithful and he's done it for me a thousand times. Thank you for tuning in to the Encounter Radio Show.